dots of going across. I mean, something's happening. Uh, sometimes I get impatient and I have to hit it again. Here we go.
Yeah, it's Jan and Dean and the wrecking crew, no doubts. Um, I got to drive. <laughs> oh, man, that was pretty bad, huh? Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They got some good songs, and I'm sure they're, you know, it was like that. But that one, they were uh, paying bills with that song. Definitely. All right, uh, going back to the basement. This is Manly Martian. Oh shit! Hold on. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean, to, I didn't mean to curse uh, when I, I like to reserve the cursing for you know making a point about something. All right, I'm I'm kind of getting myself situated. I got these glasses on. They're great for kind of looking around, uh, looking around, but they're not. Uh, they're not. Uh, so I'm, I'm enlarging this. Mar uh, Manly Martian is a studio project formed in 2009 by multi-instrumentalist Nathan Manley and D. Martin. Martian. I'm sorry. Their upcoming double album, Planet uh, Eft, will be uh, comprised of eight tracks and without vocals, and it will feature eight dot, 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 read more. Um, you got, uh, I can't, if I get off this page, I may never be able to get back. Um, this song is called Albatross. If you dig this, look for Manly Martian on Reverb Nation. Albatross. See, we can turn that up there. The dot is uh, getting chased around in a circle. This dog chasing its tail one, whatever it's called. I don't know. I'm sure there's a name for that one. But it assures me that something is uh, happening. It has recognized that I did request the song. Um Oh, I don't do that. So I got this thing. I just updated the um, operating system on this. And here we go. And um, it keeps asking me for uh, Apple ID. And I bought this thing used, and I don't know what it is. <laughs> Thank you. 
time I start to tell you I start feeling blue And just about then I lose my nerve And wait another day or two Cause just about the time I think it's over I start missing you
Yeah, it's Errol Smith, sick as a dog off of uh, rocks. <laughs> That's right. Um, what did, we had some before that, too. Um, there's some uh, Johnny Cash in there off of uh, really early uh, Sun Records stuff. Um, and then I got this record. It's um, uh, 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 Front R-O-T-R. And it's, it's oh, I forget what they, oh, Rodney on the Rock, um, who is a big promoter of um, like an L.A. punk bands back in the day. And that was, um, what was that, Power? No, it was called uh, Wild. Wild by, uh, uh, I forget. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, we're going back to the basement. This is Brett Allen Gregory. And this is uh, Tales of the, of the Bed Yam. Uh, that's the name of the record. And uh, hold on a second. Um, I think we're going to do this song. This is Country Girl. Touching that Gregory. Wait, uh, Brett Allen Gregory, if you dig this band camp. Uh, Country Girl. Um, yeah, he's uh, out of um, Northern California. Livermore. I know where that is. Pause button's there. It's waiting. I close my eyes, but I can't sleep. Look what your love's done to me. I know you want to take your sweet time. Pretty girl, I'm about to lose my mind. Hey, man, the morning night. One little kiss and I'm in my mind. You're hawking run, but it can't hide. Little country girl got to And I can't eat I know your loving's just what I need Now this road to end double time My heart ain't stopping for no stop sign You hear me under a moonlit night One little kiss and a bit of my mind Your heart can run but it can't hide it Country girl got to be mine Well everything about her just feels so Yeah. 
Sorry about the quality of that one, but you know, you just, you get what you get, but that's a good tune. That's Donovan, um, uh, uh, Fisher King. What is it? Uh, three King Fishers. Yes. Uh, going back to the basement. This is, what is this? Uh, instrumental rock, uh, featured song. Here we go. This is Todd B. If you dig this. He's out of Everett, Washington. Everett. Um, let's do... Um, song's called Snakebite. Todd B, if you dig this, on band... Uh, I'm sorry, it's... Uh, Reverb Nation, Todd B. Um, oh, yeah. Thank you. 
Try to hide the emptiness 
Community Radio, hit that donate button. Thank you, contributors. Nice group this week. And uh, you know, There's do what you got to do to do. I know everybody uh, Curtis Mayfield. knows about. I ain't gonna point no fingers. I don't want nobody to point no fingers. <laughs> but I, right on. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'll break it down. Stone! 
Yeah, that's fair. You can do that, too, if you want. Um, I am here because I am an improv expert. That's why I'm qualified to be here hosting this show. Improv expert, Hunter Donaldson. Uh, My only problem with improv in general as a form is that you generally have to take a class, and they cost about $300. And that's more money than I've ever had at one time in my entire life. So I don't take improv classes. Don't do it at all. This is a little technique I've built up myself. Um, I'm getting around the classes. What I do is I just go out in my life, and I'll think of something, and then I'll say it. (laughs) It's just kind of this weird workaround that I've figured out. Um, The other day, actually, uh, this guy came up to me, and he was like, I'm not from around here, Hunter. I could use some directions. And I was like, that's perfect. Um, I'm going to do a little improv with this guy. That was my thought. I was like, I'm going to improv this guy right here, right now. And I looked right at him and I was like, you know what? Hey man, suck my dick. And he loved that. He could not believe I just come up with that off the top of my head. He was like, you're like a magician with that. And I was like, yeah, man, keep sucking my dick. 
He was amazed. He could not believe the level of improv that he was seeing. The way we do improv here at Hell Hat is there is, uh, the audience at home can't see, but there is a hat, um, and it has suggestions on it. Um, suggestions, I think, is kind of a loose term. Um, I saw this show last year, and I'm going to say some of the stuff that you're going to see come out of this hat uh, ranges from like, oh, that's that's pretty funny, to like something a psycho pervert would come up with, essentially. A lot of these suggestions are very, very deranged. Uh, you know what? Let's just throw one out there. I'm the host, so um, I'm not really going to do any real improv, but let's see what we got. Do an Ian Levy impression. That's not really... First of all, that's not really a suggestion so much as that's an order, um, if you look at the way they've worded it. And I don't want to blow any of your minds. I'm about 14 years old, and I do not know who Ian Levy is at all. So when I read the name Ian Levy, I noticed there was a lot of laughing. I'm not in on that, um, whoever this person is. Let's do another one. Um, because I didn't really get to show off too much there, you know? I want to be, I'm the star here. What's the deal with airplane food? <laughs> hmm. This premise is too original for me. Uh, the thought, airplane food, and what is up with it, I don't think that's not really within the bounds of what we talk about when it comes to comedy. You know what I mean? That's very much outside of what we're traditionally used to. All right. So you can see why it's hell hat and not heaven hat, I feel like. Now, let's do one more hurricane joke. <laughs> that's not... <laughs> All right. Well, fuck this. Um... So here's, I'll actually, you know, I'll do an improv, I'll do a real style improv, none of this hat business. Uh, how about I'll do an improv that involves a suggestion from the audience, and I need a suggestion of a word that means like a sexy emotion and it rhymes with corny. Just throw out whatever you got, any old thing will do, whatever, I heard horny, someone said horny. Someone definitely said horny. Let's see if I have something for horny. Um, kind of on the spot. Oh, my God, so nervous. JK, I've got it. <clears throat> ring, ring, ring. Oh, shit. Fucked it up. Um, ring, ring, ring. There we go. <laughs> Hello, boss. I'm not going to be able to come into work today. I got too horny. <laughs> Just kidding. I'll be in at noon. Love you. So I just made that up. Let's go back. Yeah, thank you. Go ahead. I just made that up right now. Let's go back to the hat. Let's see if it's gotten any better. Um, buy gold. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like I like this suggestion. This is a good suggestion uh, by gold because, you know, as a suggestion, it works because gold is worth money and you should buy it. We should go back to the gold standard. Okay. All right. Um, what about this? There was a guy in my town that uh, worked for a place that bought gold and he would stand out there every day with a sign that says, we buy gold. 
The thing about this guy is that he did not look like he had ever bought gold in his life. He looks like he bought meth. That's what he looks like. He should have had a sign that said, I buy meth. And I would have been like, this is a believable character. Let's see one more. I've said that maybe 12 times now. This one just says banana. Wait, actually, it doesn't say banana because whoever wrote this suggestion misspelled the word banana. <laughs> it says B-A-N-A, and they're doing fine thus far, N-N-A. What teaching biology will be like in 50 years? So they range from like not even a thought to like, this is too much idea. <laughs> they range from nothing to like, well, do I get to have any say in what this idea is? Um, do an FDR impression. No. I... Actually, I like this one. I called the cops on blank, it says. I called the cops on blank. What's the funniest person we could call the cops on? That was the idea. Is they'll come up with the funniest person you could call the cops on. What about the cops? <laughs> what if we called the cops and we were like, there's a bunch of cops out here and they fucking suck. And you need to arrest them because they have a bad attitude. They're mean. And they, did you know that they, one time, okay, the first time I ever got pulled over by a cop, uh, I was really nervous. I was like, I was like maybe 12, th wait, how would I be 12? I almost said 12. How would that even work out? How would I have been pulled over? I was whatever age is the youngest that you can drive a car in Arkansas, which is actually 12. Um, <laughs> That's how it happened. So I was 12, cop pulled me over, I was on my tractor, my John Deere tractor, and he pulled me over, and I remember I was really, really nervous. I was like a child, and uh, he was like, man, why are you so nervous? And I couldn't believe the audacity of a cop asking me that. I was like, first of all, I'm a child. Second of all, you're a stranger and you have a gun. Like, I'm allowed to be nervous any time. Okay. Maybe that doesn't work because as a white person, I really don't really need to be nervous. But I didn't know that, that I was white. <laughs> you don't know in Arkansas, they have to tell you because. All right, well, this is going. Actually, I'll do one more. Let's just read one more. Eclipse with an exclamation point. Eclipse. <laughs> Eclipse. All right, so that this is Hellhead Improv. Get excited. There's going to. This is. This one is a fucking carousel, this whole thing of bullshit and ideas. So get excited. Your first comedian all the way from Boston, very funny gentleman, Brian Plum, everybody. Oh, you guys are too kind, too kind. Uh, it's going to be super excited to pick out good ideas from the dead animal we have up here. That's always good. It's always good to kill a squirrel and then fill it with improv ideas. I'm glad there's a real progressive out here. You're like, we sacrifice a squirrel just so we can put fucking FDR sound into it. Into it. That's always good. So let's fucking do this. 
<laughs> what? I it literally says uh, it has an alien shitting, and it says I go poop super baby, and I don't know how to read that. I I didn't take enough edibles to understand what that means. So I'm just gonna move on. <laughs> I think you have to be a certain level of high to do the show, and I didn't know. I didn't get the fucking memo. <laughs> just written in weird San Francisco code, like super alien took a dump. I guess I don't know what's his backstory. Why is he taking the dump? Is he protesting? I know. I just found out that it's legal to take a dump in public in San Francisco. Maybe the alien is protesting some nonsense. I don't know. I don't even know what the. F- it, this is just uh, this. Maybe I'm just drawing. I'm bad at picking cards. This is literally just a picture of a fat guy. I don't know. <laughs> That should be labeled Arkansas, ironically, <laughs> except for except for Hunter, because he's the best per he's the like the best person in shape I've seen from Arkansas. So it's amazing. <laughs> this is just uh, this is like what Trump is gonna look like tomorrow. I think I don't know, just a picture of a fat guy. I think this is I don't know. Maybe he just saw so he just saw like a homeless guy jerk off, and he's like, I'm gonna run away. I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm gonna put that one down. <laughs> Not me too. Does that mean like I'm a predator now? I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> that sounds really aggressive. Like not me too. I'm like, what if she had a point? I don't fucking know. <laughs> not me too. That is the fucking rapiest thing I've read on paper in years. <laughs> I think is that what you say when you drop a roofie in someone's drink? Not me too. Don't make a fucking status. I don't know. This is just the creepiest card. Who wrote this? Did Bill Cosby write that? I don't even know. I'm sorry that 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 card ventured way too far in your direction. That that's yeah. I'm, I apologize. I just flicked the non me too card at her, and now I feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it was totally by accident, but it just kept floating, and it just was like, "What is your least favorite body part?" Whew. I just say like I still, no matter how I, for some reason I get high when I think about this. I don't think the ball sack makes sense. I think it's just a weird part of your body. Like, who came up with the ball sack? I want to know who just sat in a lab. Maybe it was God or, ironically, Jesus was just like, you want to just have the dick? And they were like, nah, man, you want to just have awkward balls flop around for no reason? I think it just, balls were just to make God laugh. He was just like, I think I'm just going to make myself laugh. Is it going to, are they going to get way longer as you get older? Obviously, man. That's how it's going to work. When it's hot out, are they going to be a problem? And are they going to sweat a lot? And then God was like, of course it is. I'm going to make them totally unreasonable. (laughs) Are they going to smell good? No, they're going to smell like a foot. I don't know what. All right, that was. Balls are always funny. That's just always a constant. That is an interesting choice of clothing. I don't even know how to deal with that, but well, that's awesome. Fancy new doctor prescriptions? I'm so medically dumb. I just I assume that it's just we're just naming Cialis more syllables. <laughs> like just everything is either a boner pill or a psy- or just an antipsychosis pill that has suicidal thoughts <laughs> attached to it. <laughs> Like, yeah, you're not going to kill your, you're not going to want to kill yourself, but then right after you're going to want to kill yourself. All right, too dark. That's fine. <laughs> Fancy. I don't even, I'm terrible at drawing improv cards. I keep getting fat guys, aliens, vague prescriptions. I don't even know. Name of a new strain of weed. I mean, super panic. That's got to be fun. <laughs> I took, a, I took, a, last time I came here, I took weed so strong when I was driving around. I played this game. And in San Francisco, it's my favorite game to play. It's called Eat a, Their Strongest Weed Cookie and go drive around and see what happens. 
and uh, end up stopping in the middle of the road and waiting for a mailbox to cross the road. And I was like, I turned to my friend, I'm like, I'm not moving until that turns into a cheetah. And that's why I can't get high here. It's just unreasonable. All right, we're slowly making our way back. We got traction on that, and then it petered out. What are you going to do? This one's fucking stapled. Okay, I'm getting the worst fucking cards ever. We just we just talked about this, Pam's Pot Treats. They're just, that they're good, I think. I mean, they're, they f- I feel like they're made of radioactive caramel. But other than that, <laughs> I feel like we just went to a fucking, like, <laughs> power plant and just put a couple nuts in them and made them into squares. And we're like, I think these are safe. I don't really know. <laughs> you chew on it for 47 minutes, and then by the time it kicks in, it's, I'm high, but I'm still chewing it, and it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know how the pot got into my system. I've been chewing on it for four days. I don't even know. But they're good. I mean, if that's what you want to, that's, they're good. That's what we, yeah. <laughs> I have a cat, so you can all drop dead. That's so aggressive. <laughs> like, what? That's so not this city. I don't even, that's, it's more like back east. So you can have a cat or go fuck yourself up with that. That's like such a Boston thing to say. Like, you can either have a cat or die. There's got to be something in between. There has to be something. I like cats as much as the next guy, but the, the, the next option is die. That seems like, what, it was like, hey man, I just don't like cats. Well, you're going to have to die now. I think that's how this works. You're at Mutiny Radio. That's how it works. We just murder people for not having cats. That's what we do here <laughs> after hours. <laughs> that's what you decide to laugh at. That's <laughs> He hasn't said shit all night. And then as soon as I talk about murdering after hours, she's like, I like that. I like that one. <laughs> I really like when he talked about people being murdered here behind the fucking stained glass. I really like that. Uh, this one just says, this, this, this card says what I ask myself every day, and it just says why. <laughs> I don't know why. Why do we do anything? I don't know, because I, I don't fucking know. That's a too introspective of a question for me to answer in 11 minutes, I think. I don't know why. Oh, that's a dumb card. I'm just going to put that one down. <laughs> I need more to work with than that. I'm not that strong. This one just says trolls. I'm just getting one word now. This is just, this is, we're just going to give Brian the one word cards and just let him spiral out of control. I mean, what kind of trolls? There's internet trolls. There's like fucking, I mean, that fat guy, that guy's got to be a troll from earlier. I assume he would just, maybe someone wrote too mean of a YouTube comment. He was being trolled and then he just ran away and didn't want to put his pants on. It's always good when you have to call back to a previous improv card. <laughs> it's always solid. That's when you know you're really good at it. You're like, oh, I just came up with one for the fat guy four cards ago. I'm going to fucking talk about that. Internet trolls are just so... Did you, you ever go on like a Reddit journey and you just all of a sudden you, someone yells, someone, it's just, it just gets racist really quick no matter what the article's about. It'll be about yoga and then someone will just yell like, okay, that's going to go... <laughs> It's not the right time. Pronouns, who cares? Once again, just not things that go along with the city at all. <laughs> That's all they care about here is pronouns. That's 100%. I mean, I guess people care. I, the only reason I care, I just don't want to get in arguments. Because I just, I, I can't, I don't want to get in arguments. With pe- I just, and people are like, you should use the word they, they switch between genders. I'm like, that's a mental illness, I think. I, want to, I knew that one wasn't going to work, and I just did it anyway. <laughs> How much time do I have left? I don't know. This feels like forever. This <laughs> feels like fucking two minutes. Oh, I got that. Appreciate it. Thanks for repeating it. <laughs> I thought that'd be funny if it was like two minutes and you go 120 seconds. I was like, oh, well, now I get it. <laughs> Mr. Bojango Fett. 
I know. I played sports growing up. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> is that the fucking guy in the? Oh, is that the guy in the jacket from Star Wars? Is that that guy? Am I on the right track? Is it Star Wars? Will help me out. <laughs> fucking, is it? I don't know. He's any guy with a jetpack has to at least get laid sometimes. That's got to be nice in the Star Wars world. But he got shit faced with his jetpack and fucking. I wonder if he did blow on his jetpack. That's really all I want to know. If it's possible, he just took a plate of blow up there. Just with it. I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. I think, I think subconsciously, I really wanted to do cocaine with a jetpack, and I just wanted to project myself into that joke. That's really what happened. How do you feel about the Warriors? I'm indifferent toward the Warriors. I am a white Jew. I don't watch basketball. So that's pretty much, I feel indifferent about it. I think they're doing it. I think they're good. Yeah, that's what I, I'm going to go out on a limb. <laughs> I mean, they loaded their team pretty bad, but other than that, I mean, it's hard not to be good when you have four of the best players ever. I don't know. That's, <laughs> I don't know if they were bad, I'd be concerned. I mean, it'd be. I I kind of want to see them like fall apart. Like I kind of want to see Steph Curry develop a coke problem. I think that'd be funny because he's just so proper. Like one day on the golf course, he just starts sniffling, and everyone's concerned. Like. What's, <laughs> All right, that's too real for you guys. That's you guys were like, no, we don't. We we take our Steph Curry jokes very seriously. Go go back to talking about murder after hours. We don't appreciate that. <laughs> Become a neo-Nazi? I mean, maybe at this point. <laughs> I, mean, I would be a better neo-Nazi than I am at improv. I think. <laughs> all all I need is a tiki torch and a yell racist things. That doesn't seem that bad. Don't know what the one thing about the neo-Nazis that blow my mind is it's kind of weird to be that racist and bigoted when you also smell like lavender. I think it's unreasonable. That, this joke deserves more. <laughs> Usually you want to end on like a really high note, but I think ending on Nazis smelling good is going to make me laugh. So <laughs> you guys have been a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the rest of the show. Do you guys love this show? This is a great fucking show, right? This is this is a wonderful, wonderful show. This show is the comedy equivalent of strapping like bricks to yourself and jumping into the ocean. I feel like this is that is what it is. It feels like I've been up here forever would be a good subtitle to this show. It feels like this feels like an eternity. Your next victim uh, for the show is a wonderful comedian that I semi sort of know, also from Portland. I'm from Portland. I didn't even say that. I'm from Portland. They're from Portland. They run a great show in Portland called Minority Retort. Everyone, welcome Julia Ramos. I don't want to brag, but I took two improv classes in Portland. And if you've ever taken an improv class, you know that that means nothing. <laughs> Super nervous. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, there's a lot in there. Okay, good. I was like, I'm going to have to pick some of that up and go again. My favorite bus. Oh, all right. Well, obviously, they know I have two DUIs. Okay, well, let's go. <laughs> let's talk about it. Uh, <laughs> I did have a favorite bus in Portland, actually. It was the 8 line, and I loved it because it was. Uh, it went through uh, all of downtown and then went down, um, what was it, 15th, I think, all the way to Decom. It was wonderful. Everybody got on and often was so polite. When it, it was the first bus in Portland that I took because like, I didn't know how to ride the bus when I was in Portland. My mom thought that riding the bus was very dangerous and that's only because she didn't know how to do it. So she did not prepare me for my DUIs like a good mom, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so I had to learn how to start taking the bus on my own. And when I did, I was so surprised and like, 
I was, it made me so happy that people were so polite on the bus. Like they say, please and thank you. And I was like, this is amazing. I absolutely love it. So the eight line, uh, long, that was a long answer for that one. <laughs> if I had $1 million, the dollar sign is supposed to go before, I think. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, just go with it. If I had a million dollars, I always told myself that if I had a lot of money, I would automatically give half of it to charity. Don't know what charity, but a good charity. I figure that that is good karma. I would throw it out there. Um, I would spend the other half uh, bribing Stevie Wonder's people to let me just go on tour with him everywhere in life. Um, I got a tattoo for Stevie Wonder, which was very dumb of me. <laughs> if you know anything about him, um, he's never going to see it. So... <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Let's see what this one is. Uh, what are you best at? Not improv. Let's keep going. <laughs> uh, Mexico beckons. Is that because I'm Mexican? Like, I don't even. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess so. I actually, uh, I've never been to Mexico. Well, I take that back. Apparently, I went to Mexico one time when I was a newborn. Um, my dad was from Texas. My mom from New Mexico. They were living in California at the time. I was born on a Marine base um, down in San Diego, actually. And so they went to Mexico, I guess, for like a week. And <laughs> my mom told me the story. And she was just like real angry about it the whole time. Because when we were trying or all of us were trying to cross the border back into the United States. They weren't going to let them because both my parents look very Mexican. And my dad refused to talk uh, in English at the border to get back into the U.S. Uh, so he's just standing there trying to like... Uh, trying to prove to these people that he's an American citizen, but he's doing it all in Spanish. All right. <laughs> Ramos family for life. <laughs> the grossest thing you've ever done sexually. Um, his name was Luke. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish my blank was blank. I wish my mom was proud. She probably is. I'll tell you that right now. I can tell by the way the set is going. She's going to be super proud. Uh, where did I put the milk? Um, I don't... Uh, first of all, I'm lactose intolerant, so this is, like, really insensitive. Um, I don't appreciate <laughs> having to think about the fact that I can't enjoy a glass of milk, but, you know, if I had to put it somewhere, I would guess the refrigerator. I'm not an idiot, so... <laughs> Just keep going with that one. Um, the last book you read or are currently reading. Oh, my gosh. Um, I love reading memoirs and autobiographies. I just bought Tiffany Haddish's The Last uh, Black Unicorn. If you don't have it, go get it. Good luck getting it because a lot of places are selling out of it. Um, I am also reading this book by this woman um, who was on... 2020 for the longest time and uh, <laughs> I actually get in a lot of trouble because my fiance gets upset with me because I will buy like six books at a time and then just sit on Facebook and never read them so uh, yeah <laughs> all right well just that was just a little secret time I guess <laughs> if Harvey Weinstein was a cartoon character um, I would write him out of that comic next <laughs> T-Rex hands, like, is that, am I supposed to do an impression? I don't know. All right, let's, uh, for the people listening at home, this is going to be killer. <laughs> um. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm so good. <laughs> That's really just me in like everyday life trying to uh, reach anything. So, <laughs> ordered salmon but served duck confit. Um, I wouldn't bitch. I'm not a baby. 
Princess Diana. Uh, may she rest in peace. That's just sad. Let's keep going. Take me out to the ball game. Um, I did actually. So, okay, where's that last one? Um, that worst thing I did sexually. So <laughs> he was actually 22 when I was 29 at the time. And uh, it worked out because like, I felt like I taught him a lot of things, you know, like I didn't know when I first started dating this kid that like he well, uh, you know, 22 is not officially a kid, but it was a kid. And I didn't know that at the time. And so I remember like I found out right before we were supposed to go on our first date. And I like kind of flipped out a little bit because I was like, I don't know if he knows like how much older than uh, him I am. And so we went on this date and I was asking, I was like, hey, there's a little bit of an age difference. Do you happen to know this? And he's like, yeah, I think you're like, what, um, a year or two older than me? And I was like, um, guess again. <laughs> and so he kept guessing year after year after year, seven guesses, this fool. <laughs> I was like, it really doesn't matter after 25. I feel like that's too many guesses, like get it together. Uh, but I tried not to let that like end the relationship because he was a nice enough kid. You know what I mean? Like I made sure um, I was always really affectionate with him. Like I held his hand when we crossed the street, like a good parent, you know, uh, that's all that reminds me of. Oh, I took him out to play catch. That was why that was there. I wish I was cool. Wow, this is confidence boosting. Uh, all right. Taco cat is taco cat backward. Oh, you guys know I'm just learning things. I didn't. <laughs> that's so cool. I kind of want to keep that one. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then it says graduate school, question mark, obviously never been, <laughs> or else I wouldn't have put that last one in my jacket. Uh, I don't know how to say any of those words. <laughs> And favorite holiday, um, May 13th, um, because it's Stevie Wonder's birthday. Um, let's go back to my favorite person. I will show you this lovely tattoo I have of him. Uh, yeah, right? She, it was so good. I couldn't decide which one to go with because I was kind of digging like the, uh, the braids that he still has on his head. Um, so May 13th, which is wonderful because it's just like a perfect day in May. And my birthday happens to be May 31st, so it was like, that means something. Uh, I'm not allowed to talk like this around my fiance. He gets super jealous. We were together when I was like, hey, by the way, I love you so much. Glad we're living together. Um, I'm going to go get a tattoo of another man's face on my body. <laughs> um, it did not. He, he was a little bit jealous. He's okay now. He actually proposed to me at a Stevie Wonder concert. So I think we're over it. Um, Kodiak, Marmoset, the largest of the smallest mammals. Is that a fact? Do we know? Is that? Because <laughs> I'll put that in my pocket right now if that's true. <laughs> just keep going. This thing's about, that's what I need. Your in-laws refuse to love you. Oh, no, just my regular parents, you guys. <laughs> my in-laws love me. <laughs> Let's see. Go fuck yourself. All right. <laughs> Exist smirk and lurk okay all right that sounds like the beginning of a dr seuss book one, one i actually want to read those the difference did you buy your ticks for the mutiny radio comedy festival oh is this a sponsored part was i supposed to like do okay <laughs> if you haven't already there is shows tonight and tomorrow please buy them at the door ten dollars okay <laughs> you just had to tell me i would have done it anyway <laughs> favorite star wars movie the one that i um fell asleep in. 
Uh, Hell Hat is giving me anger issues. I think I seem pretty okay. Joyful? Yeah? <laughs> I laugh through a lot of pain, you guys. It's the comedian way. <laughs> Uh, breakup one-liners. I'm pregnant. <laughs> Experience versus education. Also, I'm pregnant. <laughs> My dessert in the desert. Um, I don't know. A lot of. I'm just glad I. You guys got the spelling correctly, unless that was supposed to be my dessert in the dessert. Um, which could be a thing. I feel like that's a commonly misspelled word, and I'll just leave it right there. Thank you so much. How's the show going? Is it going well? It's a hat. There's hell. Okay, it's got all the elements. I just noticed that uh, I am wearing a shirt of the place and thing that we're at currently. And so is Julia, and so is some of the other people here. And Julia also spent some of her set advertising the thing that we're at. So this is a very corporate thing that's happening right now, you know? We're all really putting the ads out there. And, of course, all the people in this room are the best people to advertise at. Really got to get the people in the room in the room, you know what I'm saying? Your next comedian is an FSF local. Uh, he's also wearing the shirt, so we're all in on it. Everybody, get warm and hot for Clay Newman. You can almost tell who the locals are by who knew to wear a jacket. Like this. Like, I don't know if it's because we're so weak that we think 52-degree weather is cold, or you thought you were entering Baywatch when you heard California. Like, I can't tell. It's confusing out here. We're different. Okay. Why do I like to burn things? Uh, this really, at least two-thirds of this, reads like somebody just cut up a middle school boy's diary. Like, that's the vibe. It's just, why do I like to burn things? And I'm going to be honest, because it's fucking cool. Uh, and I don't say, like, I don't go out of my way to burn shit, but I'm not above staring at fire. I don't think anybody... Nope. Nobody's going to agree with me here. Nobody, like... that's a, That was the original TV. It was fire. I'm old school. It's the hipster thing to do. With fire radio television... Sitting with a corn cob pipe, just watching fires, good times. What are you doing talking about fire? Are you not listening, hat? <laughs> this is so like, I know where these questions came from. These questions were formed by the lovely people that hang out at Mutiny Radio. Pam asks folks to contribute. It really speaks to how sad we are at this place. This is, this is rough. Like, this is classic nature versus nurture argument we have going on right now like is it the show like are we weird or is it just born that way <laughs> thoughts on push pops <laughs> oh i got a few <laughs> little too sexual to be exclusively enjoyed by children that is like, and it's weird too. Like it's, it's teaching them the weirdest thing. It is clearly teaching them that if your fella can't get hard, you put a finger in the butt and it just pokes out out. And they don't need to know that yet. You don't need to learn that lesson until at least what, 33? Cause it depends on how much Coke you do. 
for me it was 33. Um, all right. I'm just kidding. I'm only 30. I just look bad. Uh, <laughs> vacation ideas for mortal enemies. That's fun. That's a nice way to think because we all have those dark thoughts of just like maybe it's not murder or even torture, but just bad things we want to happen to our enemies. Let's get fucking creative about it. Let's be like Cleveland. How about that? Just a bad vacation. Just <laughs> Cleveland, mid-February. You don't even need to keep, that's it. That's it. Just those two things, mid-February Cleveland. I wouldn't, I'd rather torture somebody. That's a horrible thing to put upon someone. Um, end the joke with your mom. That doesn't work in the context of a joke. Like that, <laughs> could have been that's what she said would have made sense. End the joke with your mom. You ever wake up next to a beautiful woman and you think to yourself, man, your mom. <laughs> okay, that one worked. That would. I'm sorry I yelled at you, joke. That was a good one. Secret morning ritual. Secret morning ritual. This is fun, actually. Uh, I had I had a interesting moment with my roommate. Uh, a couple weeks ago, he he actually talked to me because he heard me a few mornings in a row. There's some whispering coming from my room. And he said, like, Clay, I hear some dark stuff coming up there. Every morning I hear you around 8 o'clock say, fucking kill yourself, you piece of shit. Fucking kill yourself. What's wrong with you? You don't deserve this. Fucking kill yourself. He thought I was just going through a state. I was getting called by Wells Fargo every morning at eight o'clock, and I just didn't want to wake up my roommates. Like, I just wanted to yell at them quietly. I, like, I'm perfectly healthy mentally, with the exception of the fact that if Wells Fargo calls me at eight in the morning, I'm gonna wish that they kill themselves. Uh, just aggressively whisper at them and horrify my roommate, apparently. Just like, somewhere in another room and somebody would just like pulling their blankets up a little closer, just eyes wide open. <laughs> Post-apocalyptic world of human hamster wheels for electricity. That's, I mean, granted, like politically, that's gonna happen before like wind, but uh, <laughs> like that's gonna like, right, we'll compromise. We're not gonna do green energy. How about human suffering energy? Can we do that? Like, all right, we'll stop burning coal, but we're going to need a lot of minorities. Uh, like, that's the way that's going to go. Or white people. Or white people. I don't know why I did that. Um, I just assume if something evil is happening, it's probably white people perpetrating it. Like, that's, if something fucked up is going on, we're probably going to be on the good end of it. Um, worst part of Sketchfest. Uh, as somebody who got into Sketchfest. Uh, <laughs> let me just say, it was not having to hang out with whoever wrote this. <laughs> Bitter motherfuckers. No, Sketchfest was cool. Sketchfest was cool until you meet anybody from New York or LA. Like, ah, oh, like all these people were here. Hannibal Burris was here. Fucking all these people were here. Like, I ate a sandwich next to him three days ago. It was fine. Like, like all, like all the comedy festival is is pretending you're in LA or New York for a week. That's pretty much, and we're clearly not in a fun part of LA or New York right now. This is, I don't know New York very well, but we're clearly somewhere deep in East Los Angeles. This is a dark time in here. 
banana carrots. Again, you know what? This banana was spelled the same way as the last banana. Now I'm questioning you, Hunter. Is it one N followed by two N's or not? Should I pocket this? Like, is this important? I don't know what's knowledge and what's a joke anymore. Banana carrots. That's got to be a thing. Like, that's got to be. There are watermelon radishes. There got to be banana carrots. Like, I, I'm going to go home with my blue apron, and there's going to be some banana carrots in there that I'm going to have to learn how to saute. The person I most want to have lunch with. Oh, good. I'm on a job interview right now. Um... <laughs> That's helpful. The next one's going to be, where do I see myself in five years? Uh, person I'd most like to have lunch with. Emerald, I guess. Like a chef, right? Like, <laughs> wouldn't you just want to go to the best chef you possibly can? Mario Vitale. I'm going to say, like, which, like, not the weird foods guy. I'm down with, like, everybody but the bald guy that eats uh, grubs. Uh, I'm not hanging with him. Or Anthony Bourdain. I don't want to, like, I like drinking, but I don't just want to get yelled at for an entire meal. Nothing like doesn't matter how delicious it is, you're gonna leave feeling bad. No dessert is sweet enough to make up for Anthony Bourdain. This one says DUI. Uh, it is just a statistical improbability, beyond improbability. I took statistics multiple years in college. I can't make sense of the fact that I do not currently have a DUI. It doesn't make sense. It defies all logic. And it's not like I'm good with cops. I've been pulled over so many fucking times. I've been pulled over so many times. I got pulled over on my driver's test. I got pulled over on my driver's test. You don't get your license after that. You, you take the test again, and then you pay $300. It's very sad. Apparently, they mean it when the sign says stop. Um, what, do I, uh, what to do if someone is screaming, I can't breathe outside at 2 a.m.? Jesus. Uh, well, probably stop watching that Facebook Live video, uh, first of all. What do you do? Oh, God. I guess that's like, you're, you're not a narc if you're stopping a murder, right? Like, cops are cool if you're stopping a murder. What if it's the cops that are choking them? What do you do? You put up your own Facebook Live video. That's the only thing you can do. No, I mean, you obviously try to help. Uh, I'm like, I'm, I consider myself a pretty proud combination of, like, brave and stupid. Uh, and, like, the latter really makes the former. Like, I will run to danger and get way too close before I realize, like, I could have just called for help. Uh, there's not, like, when you see this bouncing at you, that's not going to stop a fucking crime. Um, <laughs> if there's, like, I look like backup for the criminals. That's not good. Like, I'm just going to stress the victim out more. Racist childhood jokes. It is crazy that like those were the first ones you learned is like fuck blondes and other races as a kid. Gays if you have them in your town. Um, but that is like, <laughs> I don't know a single white person or probably anybody in this country that can't finish this phrase, me Chinese, <laughs> me play joke. <laughs> I don't need to finish it, that's the point. Why is that part? I don't even know if I could recite the entire Pledge of Allegiance, but you know I could finish that goddamn joke. Burnt in there. Can't read that. Uh, that was... 
I don't know if that's like a... Nope. All right. Too confusing to even try. <laughs> the worst thing that happened to you today. Um, worst thing that happened to me today. You know what? I'm going to be an optimist and say it hasn't happened yet. Is that optimistic or negative? Shit, I don't know how this works anymore. The glass is half coming at me tonight, baby. Thank you so much, I'm Clay Newman. Enjoy your last comic. My, uh, my favorite part of any, um, any improv show, I feel like we got right before Clay got off, which is the moment, the whoa, white boy, whoa, hey, whoa, we're making stuff up, but be careful, okay? Watch it, watch it. You've only got this. I know you're making stuff up off the top of your head, but be fucking careful. We're gonna get, we'll turn on you. We'll get you. Is it? Am I the only one who feels that? Is that what it is? Is that I'm the only one looking at other white boys being like, I'm going to fucking get you, okay? Is that's it? That's all it is? Are you guys ready for your hat liner? Is everybody, yeah? All right. Guys, all the way from Texas, get Texas for Ivan Garcia. Ooh. Oh, my gosh, guys. I'm originally from San Jose. It's kind of like Texas. What life advice would you give to a to my twelve year old self? Um, man, get laid more, of course. I'd be like, dude, you're about to fuck up for ten years. <laughs> How do you ignore shit like this? I don't know what that means. We're doing this, guys. It's happening. Awkward kiss. Many of them. My first girlfriend, guys. She uh, was extremely Asian and had no lips. And I thought I thought she wasn't kissing me at first. I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't know you wanted that." She's like, "I'm kissing you." And I was like, "Oh, oh, sorry." And that's why we broke up. Your worst. I don't know what that last word is. Fuck cursive. Like, <laughs> who the fuck is writing cursive? You'll never be good enough. <laughs> Where's the card? Like, what'd you say to yourself this morning? There's that card. <laughs> How terrible is my handwriting? Not that bad, actually. <laughs> this one's not that bad, right? This, that other one was pretty shitty. We're doing this, guys. We're making this happen. Why are diamonds special? They're not, people. We put that value in them just because, I don't know, because we want to get laid, right? <laughs> do you care about the Olympics? No. But do you guys? They're kind of exciting. The Special Olympics is cool. Do you guys watch that? None of you watch that. You guys, you guys don't support. <laughs> Write a poem about Pam. Oh, uh, shit. Pam. Uh, you kind of look like Sam from... No, <laughs> I can't do poems, guys. You're the poem writer, though. You're the good one. Will you ever be famous? No, guys, I won't be. But to you guys, I hope tonight for a little bit, for this nice little special moment, two minutes... I'll be famous in your hearts. How many hours can you survive without your cell phone? Uh, I think you probably go like half a day before I start kind of feeling kind of weird and I just have to master it more until I finally get a new phone. <laughs> I need professional help. <laughs> After that last joke, if I lose my phone, I'm just going to start jacking off more, guys, so be careful. <laughs> I love this. I will suck your dick for... 
I don't know how much my dick is worth, guys, but I was at the laundromat in San Jose right before I moved to Texas. I was washing my last shit, and I was just hanging out, smoking some weed in my car, and then I went out to McDonald's, and I come back to this horribly written letter. It was like, I'm sure a fucking gargoyle must have wrote it, but there was an address on that letter and said, come to my house. The door will be open. You're going to get your dick sucked. And that was for free. <laughs> I'm going to be paying for this. Everyone knows my dick's free. (laughs) How would you improve Mutiny Radio? Nothing. It's going great. I mean, they got me here, guys. They flew me out. (laughs) Something good's happening. (laughs) They got Paul Brumball doing the door. Freedom! (laughs) I'm keeping that one, (laughs) because... There's not a lot of it going around nowadays. <laughs> what was, where were you with, oh, World Trade Center 7. <laughs> where was I when the Building 7 fell? I was sleeping because my mom told me that something was happening in New York, and I said, fuck New York. That was my response when I was a kid. I was in junior high, and I was like, go, go to sleep, mom. It's like 6 o'clock, 6 in the morning in fucking California. Gravitational waves. Ooh. I knew about this before, scientists, man. You're getting down and dirty, you feel those gravitational waves. You like that booty out here, guys? <laughs> Stephen Hawking doesn't know shit about gravitational waves. A secret thing no one knows about me? Ooh. Then that wouldn't be a secret, guys. <laughs> Time is the essence. <laughs> Time is the essence, guys. That sounds like a Talking head song, right? Rant. Hmm, what do you guys want? I fucking hate charities, guys. Stop asking me to donate. Every fucking place you go to asks you to donate. In a famous supermarket chain in Texas, it was like fucking, I don't know, 1 a.m., and I'm rolling through with like a fucking bottle of Jack Daniels and a box cutter. And they're like, do you want to round this order up to the nearest dollar and donate to the Children's Foundation? <laughs> I'm like, oh, hold on. Let me look at my items. No. <laughs> Fuck those kids. <laughs> Last time you hurt yourself badly. Today when I fell on the BART. <laughs> there was a guy on there playing guitar. And, a, and he kept singing. He didn't even help me. Did not give him any fucking money. Who loves alcohol? Yeah. In Texas, they drink all the time. All the coffee shops have beer. Every fucking place you have. You can get a haircut and drink at the same time. You can do anything out there. But here in Texas, I have not had one drop of alcohol. Just all fucking weed, guys. Straight up. I, you know, I'm from here, so I know I hit it up quick. You can bring wax on the plane. Just saying. (laughs) You're a bumbling porn star? I think it would be a kind of shitty porn star. I don't know, guys. I'd probably be the one who cries at the end. What's <laughs> up, <laughs> so Stolowitz? I didn't see you back there. What you smoking? Uh, I think I got... Come on, right? So, grape Swishers, baby? <laughs> and it's double perp. It had that purple... Yeah, we know what we're doing here. I'll be smoking outside if you guys want to join me. Because my tolerance is low, because that shit that they get in Texas sucks. 
Uh, oh, before I get into this one, I paid a bum. When I got to Texas, I could not find anyone who hooked me up with weed. None of the comedians wanted to hook me up with weed. They all thought I was a fucking weird-ass dude. And I was like, sorry, just trying to bring some color to this shit. <laughs> so I went downtown, and a lot of there was a lot of homeless people downtown, and they kept saying, like, hey, you know, can I get some cash? And I, usually I was like, ah, I mean, can you give me some weed first? And guys, they brought me the most shittiest fucking weed full of seeds. It was yellow, but I still have smoked it. <laughs> What's the worst way you hit on someone? Oh, man. <laughs> Not that many. I'm really awkward. I think that's it. I just get out really awkward. Any racism this week? Oh, yeah. In Texas, I got out of off, I got off an open mic. I thought I had a good time. I went to the corner store next door, and this big old, like, giant football player comes up to me. He's like, hey, dude, that was a great set. And I was like, oh, shit. And I shook his hand, and then he, once he shook my hand, he said, for a beaner. And I was like, oh, man. Scratch his car. <laughs> I had a full tank. I followed him. I was like, I ain't going to kick his ass. Like, really? I'm not going to do that. But fuck. Nice little scratch. I should have wrote, cheater. <laughs> Would you have ever fucked for money? Like I was saying, guys, the dick is free. <laughs> But would I ever pay somebody? I don't know. Maybe later I want to get older. Afterlife. No such thing. What do you do when you wake up in the middle of the night? Many things, people. Uh, I usually eat a lot. Feminism means... Uh, I don't want to get into that right now. <laughs> I don't know. Fishing is boring. There's a lot of questions in here. Break up with the Giants? Break up with the Giants. I don't know, guys. I never had a break up with a Giant. Oh. <laughs> now I feel bad, San Francisco. I only went to one Giants game ever, and it was just the eighth inning. And I had a hot dog, and I watched. I was like, this was pretty cool, and I just fucking left. Yeah. I was not going to stay there for the fucking, what, four? How long is the game? Four hours? Yeah? Woo. Mm -mm. That didn't make any fucking sense, guys. Sorry. There's a lot of them in here, man. That's a good chunk. I thought I, thought I was going to have just weird ass, like, just one word one starts in. Everything happens for a reason. Uh, no. <laughs> That's not how my life has been. <laughs> Why is the raven, like, writing on a desk? What? I don't know. Oh, I don't know that one. Is it a... Oh, sorry. You seemed really disappointed in me. <laughs> like, that fucker did not have a childhood. Fuck him. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that one says either. The worst way to die. Ooh, this is going to be a good one. The worst way to die would probably be on, oh, I don't want to refer to an old question, but it would be San Jose and bus 22. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Have a great night. Okay. Guys, keep clapping for yourselves. You just listen to people make shit up for an hour. Please clap for Muni Radio and Pam Benjamin. Thank you so much, Pam. Um, I'm going to just hit you guys with one final just poetic send-off. I'm not going to do anything with it. We're just going to let's just see what happens. 
This is the final one. Uh, no, that's not poetic enough. Um, do I need antidepressants? Goodbye. Thank you. It's been Hell Hat. of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Hey, welcome to Spiritual Psychology with Renee McKenna. I'm a therapist and healer here in San Francisco. And if you want real change on a soul level, you've come to the right place. So welcome everybody to Spiritual Psychology. My name's Renee McKenna and I'm a therapist in San Francisco and I'm so excited. I have live guests this morning. I've only had dead guests up to this point and it's really, really fun when they're alive. And so I have um, Carl Berger, who's originally from Maine Mm -hmm. and um, you know, East Coast. East Coast. Totally represent. Yeah. 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 He traded out. Now he's in the other Portland. Yep. On the other coast, which is this coast. This coast, the other, the other one, yeah. And so, how's it been going? You here for the comedy festival? Yeah, I came down on Friday and been here throughout the weekend, uh, doing a lot of shows. Been on a lot of different podcasts. It's been a blast to uh, to meet a bunch of like really kind of weird, unique individual people and uh, funny comedians and. Uh, see their shows, see their style of humor, and then hang out afterwards. It's been nice to just kind of stand around and spin a yarn. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that you like weird, unique people. We'll get along good. (laughs) (laughs) And I have Gaula Finman's going to come. She's looking for parking, which isn't always easy to do to on the mission. Um, And so... Uh, you got to ask me, what is spiritual psychology? Oh, yeah. Please tell me. What is spiritual psychology? There you go. Explain so, a little bit. You know, yesterday, one of the things about... Um, you don't have an accent. See, nobody has it. I don't know. I'm the only person from the East Coast who has a fucking accent. I don't know what that is. It's so weird. But it gets me a lot of interesting conversations with people. So, yesterday, I was in... A, um, I was at the dog park. I'm always at the dog park. Not because I hang out at dog parks, but because I have dogs, right? Oh, okay. so, yeah. um, so I was at the dog park, and uh, and I was talking to my dog or whatever, and the lady's like, oh, are you from Boston? And um, so she's from Lincoln, Mass., which is, mm-hmm. which is a beautiful place. And and so we start to talk, and somewhere, I'm always I'm a big, yappy person, so I must have mentioned something about being a therapist, and she said, oh, what kind of therapy do you do? And I said, spiritual psychology. And she said, what is that? And I said... Well, it's a blend of hypnotherapy and Buddhist philosophy and depth psychology and shamanism. And she said, oh, my God, I Googled spiritual psychology this morning. No. <laughs> Honest to God. And it's all because of my accent. Right? I will never lose my accent just because it gets me clients. And so, <laughs> right? And so she actually booked, booked a session with me yesterday. That's interesting. Yeah, it was so do, cool. Do you have this happen a lot when you when you like meet somebody uh, in public and you you let them know that you're a therapist? Do they ever like ask you? to like help them on the spot. Like I know as like a comedian or like somebody who's pursuing comedy, they say, say something funny. Yeah. Or like they either say, say something funny or like they go, Oh yeah. Like I could, I've tried that. Or like, 
here's a joke, then it's usually really racist, and you're like, okay, this is awkward. I'll, I'll just have my coffee now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wish that people would do that. Oh, really? I love to do on-the-spot therapy. That's what I'm doing here. I mean, we'll yeah, do it yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I actually do a lot of on-the-spot. I've done therapy with people in Starbucks. I do therapy. Mm. I'll do therapy anywhere. Um, so I wish it happened more, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. You know, most people are too afraid they're too private they're too close about their suffering and their dysfunction yeah um and i i think it's terrible because we should all just take all of our clothes off and be as dysfunctional as we can and then we can get the help that we need sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to set up a booth like lucy in peanuts therapy five cents like a lemonade stand but a therapy booth do you, Do you remember in, in peanuts when there was <laughs> lucy set up the therapy of stand? of course so when i was a kid that's who they said I was like. Oh, no way! It was Lucy, yeah, because I'm bossy and mean. No, I'm not mean. I wouldn't ever pull the football out from under you. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but I have to charge a lot more than five cents in San Francisco. <laughs> you know, I... <laughs> Unless it's on the street or on the radio. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Part of the reason that uh, I like to do the show and that I wanted to do it... Um, to do live therapy with people is because so this work is very experiential it's not like regular talk therapy where you're just like figuring out and naming things or like oh that's what happened to me and now I understand it um there's a place for that but Mm -hmm. I actually don't find understanding things does any more than make me smarter it doesn't make me feel better right and so it's actually doing the work and this work is not just experiential for the person but it can be very visual uh, we use a lot of the active imagination to what I call concretize or make concrete all the kind of non-rational aspects of ourselves our emotions our spirit our energy our relationships our experience that are just ideas and when we can give them a form with our active imagination once something has a form you can work with it and um and there's a lot that can be done. And so as people describe what's happening to them, I find it really, really interesting to be able to listen and we can actually follow each other's process. And because, you know, humans are all pretty much the same, mm-hmm. more or less, once yeah. you get down. Sure. <laughs> um, there's a lot to be gathered, I think, from knowing what's possible. I know for myself, when I know what's possible for someone else, then it makes it that much more possible for me. Yeah. You know. Um, so, so tell me about your dysfunction. What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> All comedians that I've ever met come from crazy families and they either were going to become a therapist or a comedian or a criminal. Yeah. And some of them have done all of those things. So tell me about yourself. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm just thinking back. I don't think I've done a whole lot of criminal activities oh that's too bad necessary nothing like i mean i haven't like killed anybody oh that's good killing <laughs> but, is bad yeah that's bad generally bad crime can uh, be kind of fun though I mean, sorry I, yeah no like i mean you know you this and that speed every once in a while okay pirate things off the internet speeding but. is not a crime i'm sorry <laughs> speeding is just fun but um so criminal was out for you Criminal's not gonna out, be yeah. a criminal okay um my actually, my main occupation is woodworker. That's that's mainly what I do: cabinetry, furniture making. Awesome! You look like a woodworker. You have your plaid the, shirt on. Flannel. Yeah. You're good. You're rocking the I flannel. The, I actually have my Boston hat. He has it's his a, Boston, it's a Boston hat. Oh my hat. God! He's got his Carhartt hat. Oh, I love it. Did you do that on purpose? Did you know? No, no, no. See your chant. This is all. It's all serendipity. Yeah. 
it's so it's, a, it's actually interesting because I do have a I see a therapist semi regularly back in Portland and uh, she's also from Boston, which is all great therapy yeah. comes from Boston. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing where it's a, it's a portal. Well, it's, yeah, but I mean, it's uh, people are I think a little bit more upfront in Boston at least about their oh, feelings. Think? They don't. <laughs> What are you trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, about me, I guess like I, I grew up uh, grew up in Maine in a town called Booth Bay, a uh, pretty small town. My folks split when I was probably uh, somewhere between six and eight mm. um, and lived mostly with my mom. Okay. Um, spent uh, Friday nights with my dad. And that was about, that was it until 18 or I guess 17 when I actually, I left the house at 17. So that's kind of the, the abridged backstory. And then what happened? Then I moved to Oregon. I moved to Portland. Um, basically didn't, I didn't know anybody out there, but I moved, I went out there for college and tried to blaze my own trail. Just kind of try to, you know, start something new. You know, you kind of, it's like, if you leave, if you go to a new place, you can kind of shake off whatever baggage you had from behind kind of from your past life and you can start as a new individual if you like so i'll just notice you went as far as humanly possible away from me. i mean I gone <laughs> we'll to, just notice yeah, that yeah. oh yeah right? no that right? was that's a, that not was, a coincidence no that probably. was definitely a conscious right. decision i think i think when my when i was looking around at um schools to go to my mom was definitely hoping or wishing that i would stay within like a driving you know mileage less than 3,500 miles yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was just like I don't you know I was like I don't want the chance of you dropping it <laughs> unannounced <laughs> not not I mean I love my mother but you know it's like I think it, it, I, I reached a certain point in my life where I was like I just want to do my own thing you know just be Try try stuff out on my own. So in therapy, we call that individuation. Sure, yeah. Becoming yeah. an individual. Yeah. I think you know, and for me, that's I think our work here as humans in our life is to be the particular us that we're supposed to be, not yeah. the us that mom or dad or culture or religion or whatever wants us to be. And a lot of the work is stripping away all those ideas of who we think we should be to really be who we are. Mm. Yeah, I I I probably didn't do the. I mean, I went away and I I did a whole lot of things throughout my middle adolescence, my my later teenage years, early twenties. But in the end, like I got, I kind of just went back into woodworking, and that that's what my father does. He's a carpenter, so kind of went full circle, where doing basically the same stuff, more or less, just in a different uh, coast, on a different coast. What kind of woodworking? I for me, mm -hmm. I do. It's it's a really niche job that I work in right now, and it's all um, like retail pop ups and displays. Oh, cool! It's a it's a wild. I never thought that I would be doing this because it's so weird. But uh, essentially, the company I work for, uh, Streamline Craftsman, we we will set up and build out uh, events for like shoe launches. Right. <laughs> so like if. Nike's got a new product that that's coming out and they have a multi-city kind of product launch. Mm -hmm. We'll, we'll have crews in like all those different cities and they'll have these plans and they'll have these things fabricated with lights and whistles and all that. And we'll go in and pull it off the truck and build it up overnight. And it'll usually it's like up for a day mm -hmm. and then we take it all down and recycle it or do the best we can to get rid of it all. And 
And that's that's the job. Cool. On the side, I, I make my own furniture. I build my own furniture. Oh, and, awesome. Yeah, stuff like that. That's the more creative end of it. Awesome. Yeah. What kind of furniture do you build? I like to stick kind of in, I mean, obviously coming from New England, coming from Maine, I have a lot of like shaker influence, mm. uh, a lot of like that Thomas Mosier uh, background. That's very simple, clean lines for yeah. people that don't know what that is. Totally, yeah. yes. They're all ignorant. Yeah, no. <laughs> Think modern building and yeah. like it may, make it into a, a chair and that's like shaker. Yeah. Shaker. I don't know what the, it's an incredibly religious kind of sect or cult. I don't know if there's any... Actually, have you ever done any... So, I actually went... There's a Shaker village. They were all dead now because they actually didn't They don't procreate, yeah. Right, which is not good if you want to continue. Yeah. (laughs) But we went and... um, and oh, it's a beautiful place, and it had in, we had a dinner there. Sabbath Day Lake, Maine, is that the one? It wasn't in Maine. No, it was in Massachusetts. Anyway, and... um, yeah, it was so interesting, all the stuff that they made, everything, and they were so ingenious. I mean, they had, like, this was in, like, the, the 1800s. They had this elaborate system where the heating system was set up as also a dryer for the clothes. So they'd, like, hang all the clothes, like, in all, and all, and it, like, rotated it was crazy. I mean, this was, you know, before electricity. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they had little mice or whatever. Oh, my she God. It's not, a, it's not her baby. It's Don't worry. It's not her baby. There's a baby. You just picked up a baby off the street? Yeah, I, I just find them. I find them everywhere. In the wow. And they're sleeping in quiet. Oh, my goodness. This is Gaula Finman has just joined us. So nice to meet you. Welcome. I know you had a little trouble finding parking. Yeah. This is a, there's a, what's her name? Colin. 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 It's a boy. Sure. It's in gray. You don't know? We don't no. know. We have to wait till the diaper comes off and then we find out if it's a boy or a girl. Yeah. Oh my God. Sit, sit in that, sit in that chair. Uh, there's a baby. There's a baby. I, I love babies. I can't have them anymore, which doesn't make me, which doesn't make me sad, but, um, hi everybody. Gaula, yay. Welcome Gaula. It's me and a baby. You and a baby. So we have two comics and a baby. That could be like a, that could, yeah, and a therapist. This is some, it is. Yeah. So, so we were just learning a little bit about Carl. And um, so I happen to know a little bit about you because I listened to one of your podcasts on the way here, but maybe my listeners don't. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, I love I'm glad I figured out how to say her name. So it's hot. such a beautiful name, Gaula. I love that. I thought it was Irish until I listened because it sounds Irish. If you, I don't know if you know a lot of Irish. This people. baby's parents are Irish. Yeah, no, I, I live they in can't the, pronounce my name. They call they, me G. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had one of the funniest baby showers I ever went to. It was one of my girlfriends, and she's from Ireland, and everybody there was Irish. And you know how you play stupid games at baby showers yeah. and in the baby shower game was spell this irish name that's so funny and you can't it's like yeah. do you know that kiva is spelt c i o b a n that's kiva yeah. right like no one won wow. the game it was ridiculous yeah people call him by his gate like his an irish name it's like david but i always forget how to say it Dawid or something. I don't know. It's different, and I don't want to butcher it. We won't. In Gaelic. So, so whoa, I just banged and made a funny noise. That's a weird noise. Um, so tell us about Gaula. Mm. Um, okay. I usually drink coffee, and I didn't today. Oh. Um, but to go a little deeper, maybe. Um, I moved to San Francisco in September from Detroit, where I was born and raised. Welcome. 
um, traveled a little bit. My only experience in Detroit was in the Detroit airport, and they took my knife. (laughs) (laughs) This was before 9-11, before you wouldn't even think about bringing a knife, knife, but it was was an awesome knife. It was like a collapsible knife? Yeah, it was like a fold-up knife. It was like five inches long. I just for some reason And they took it. I was so bummed. Anyway. Like a full chef's knife. I would love to have... I have a good friend who's totally into knives. Um, Anyway, but... I digress. Go ahead. So just an open-ended gula. Um, people are probably like, well, what does that name mean? They get that a lot. So it means redemption. I love that. Yeah. Um, it comes from my parents who are both Jewish and then found a very weird spiritual path. So they named us names that were like really intense with a lot of meaning mm. and uh, left us to deal with them. There you go. <laughs> So what is what's what does that mean for you in your life? Redemption. What is that? Well, I I remember like so it it comes from like this sort of unanim like group redemption of like the world is gonna end and there's gonna be like people riding on the backs of eagles and like fucking going to the holy land. So that's like I had to divorce from that meaning for sure. Wow. So So, really out of revelations. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Like the big redemption. Yeah. Like. There's very specific things. Like the one that was supposed to happen in 2012 that we missed. Yeah. Okay. And it's like... We're still waiting. One of the things that they say in like the prophecies is like the prophecies that like fruits and vegetables will get like so big that like 10 men will have to carry one grape. And I'm like, it's just like GMOs and shit. You know when people, you know when people like try to get like (laughs) science and and religion and be like, see, it's true. Uh, Anyway, I digress. What are I talking about? We're talking about (laughs) redemption and what it means for you. Yeah. So now it means like personal redemption and like, um, I did a lot of work like from probably 18 and on to, to, uh, sort of get beyond guilt and shame in myself and others. And like Mm -hmm. being your full, truest, honest self in the moment, even if it means like having bad manners or something, you know, just like honesty is kind of it. Awesome. We'll, we'll get along good. You know, she, she missed the prompt. I just said that. Like, so for me, the core of my work, and I think our work as humans here on this planet is to be the authentic person that we are and to, to divorce ourselves from all of the guilt and shame and the shoulds and all that mm-hmm. and be the unique, quirky, what was the word you used? Quirky. I can't remember. Zany. That was so Zany. long ago. <laughs> that was almost five minutes ago. I it was. I no, I, we did you have your coffee? We were talking know, yeah. about furniture. Yeah, because yeah, he... Um, He's a furniture maker and a carpenter. Yeah. Because he hasn't been totally discovered. Saturday Night Live isn't. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, they're not, they're not knocking on the door. They might be. Like you have you two never worlds know. you could be discovered in. You know, like the furniture world, too. You could blow, you know. Furniture's you gotta, funny, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's it's a funny... Oh, man. I don't know if you guys watched uh, the, the series Parks and Rec, Parks and Recreation. I've seen. So there's like the character... Uh, what is his name? Ron... I can't remember his last name at the moment, but he's like a woodworker type guy. And I, I loved throughout the whole series, he would subtly name drop famous furniture makers. <laughs> oh, and wow. No one, it's like, I'd be watching with friends or like watching with a girlfriend. I'd be like, oh, yo, he just name dropped Thomas, like Tom Hucker or somebody else. They're like Sam Maloof. And, and everybody. people are like, what? I'm like, yo, that Sam Maloof is like the greatest rocking chair maker ever. And then I'd like <laughs> pause it and like Google and show them their work and like, dude, we don't care. Like, <laughs> there are <laughs> so many layers to that show, people. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually like, really cool. I was, they did that. Yeah, and I'm like, like he he name drops Tom Hucker in one. He's like this uh, New York kind of 
uh, I would say like avant-garde furniture maker who I've met and like chatted with. We're Facebook friends. I'm kind of bragging right now, so you should be impressed. You're name dropping. Like yeah. <laughs> two worlds you're trying to. Yeah. Trying oh, to Tom Zucker. Thomas Hucker. Yeah. Thomas, Thomas Hucker. Hucker. Okay. Hucker, yeah. I can I can act impressed. Yeah, you know. Please thank well, you. Yeah, that's you know, a, Thomas that's Hucker. What I need. That's awesome. I know. Yeah, that's pretty cool. What, what about Ethan Allen? <laughs> <laughs> My, my name dropping? Yeah. Ethan Allen. You are. Uh, I used to work for Ethan Allen. Did you really? Shout out to Ethan. Shout out to Ethan. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. I'll have to think of a name that I can drop. Can I make one up? I'll have to think of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gaula, what do yeah. you do when you're not picking up babies off the street and, and being funny? So, um, I'm, I live with a family and I'm an au pair. Oh, awesome. So it's pretty full time. Roll out of bed. Is this one of your pairs that you owe? This is my <laughs> pair. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there one's more of a banana. No, I don't know. Um, and uh, the grandmother's in. So I'd like to say I have two in laws. So it makes my job like a full time job more. Because you know, I don't know if anyone has a, a mother in law. But Do you have to care for grandma too? Yeah. I mean, she's very, she's very like. Like yesterday, she tried to get me to go to like a baby depot store and spend like three hours there, and I like don't want to tell her that I just buy everything online for the babies. I, anyway, it, my di- I'm a wreck. Um, so basically, yeah, I spend a lot of my time with babies, and it like fully takes over my spirit. But it's actually like the best job too. I feel like it's really really sweet. But I end up spending a lot of time like at home, and I'm not usually a homebody, especially when it's raining outside. So that, is this interesting? It is. How many babies? There's two. I drop off the three-year-old at school. I'm planning her birthday. She's going to be three on Saturday. And then um, then I have the baby all day. And I was with her <laughs> since her mom, his mom was pregnant. So, wow. Yeah. I have to say, so I had my kids when I was 39 and mm-hmm. 41. I never thought I would do it. I didn't want to subject anyone to being a child. I hated being a child. I did not want to make anyone else do that again. But no, I I thought it was a terrible thing. But um, I was in graduate school to become a therapist at the time. So I get to do like a whole graduate project about becoming a mother and and solving all of my pre-adolescent problems. So now I'm all healed. But anyway, um, but I have to say... That the experience, you know, I, I like to say that when a baby was born, a mother is born too. And for me, becoming a mother in that period of time between like zero and five yeah. was probably the most zen time I've ever had in my whole life. People complain about, oh, I don't sleep and I'm not. And I was really lucky I was able to be a stay-at-home mom. My, my ex-husband had a good enough job. He's an electrician. So I know about, and I've worked in the trades a lot myself too, in the union. Yep. Local six. And, um, and so I was able to stay at home with the kids Mm. and there's nothing more present. If you can really be with it, if you have an agenda, you're screwed. Oh, you, yeah. If you have an agenda, if there's oh, anything yeah. you want to do, forget it because they're going to have to poop. They're going to puke on themselves. There's no way you're going to get anywhere on any I mean, time. that's the gift. And that's what I tell the parents. Like, I never give the kids screen time because I'm like, this is my job, you know? So I have the time to, like, get out the paints and, like, get messy with kids because I'm literally, like, getting paid to not do anything else, you know? Mm-hmm. But the parents both run their own companies. I got the three-year-old out of bed this morning and she had a cell phone in her hand and she was watching TV and it was like 7.30 in the morning. So it's like a, a screen time and a lollipop if I'm not there. 
Well, thank God for you. So they they're very pro- like they they're grateful. They're like we're paying you to love our children, but it is weird because they're actually not mine. It's my job. Yeah. So it's very weird. How yeah. often do the parents that if I yeah. can no, 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 how, no. do they like interact with their kids often or is it like the mom does and the dad? Oh, this is such gossip. They don't listen to me in your radio. <laughs> they definitely don't. But I, I analyze because I also I, I love I, I told myself I wouldn't analyze them too much because it's my job. But I fucking did. The dad told the mom before he got married that he didn't want to have kids. And so they were going to have kids, but he doesn't have to do anything with them. And he literally like will walk right by them, you know? And it's like the kids don't like reach out for him and they don't want to go to him. So he's very not totally, totally, totally not present. He'll just like go on vacation for two weeks and nobody notices. So sick. So the thing, yeah. I've thought about this a lot as, as what I felt like an unloved child yeah. that, um, if, if children receive love from someone, yeah, then they're okay. Yeah. I don't even think it matters who it is. If I, you have one person that you bond with who can, who sees who you are and recognizes yeah. your needs and actually loves you, mm-hmm. then your spirit is going to be okay. Yeah. If you don't have that, 